One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. This 10th year of Daily Tech News Show is made possible by you. That's right, you right there listening to me right now. Thanks to all of you. Maybe you're Erwin Sturr or Ken Hayes or Philip Shane. Coming up on DTNS, why is Apple dominating the smartphone sales charts? Why streaming TV boxes are so essential and yet so awful? And why you you just might pay for Mastodon? Don't don't say no. It might. Just hear us out. This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. In Los Angeles, I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Redwood, I'm Sarah Lane. From San Francisco, I'm Nicole Lee. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Apple is making a yellow iPhone 14 now. There, we've covered the big news of the day. All right, pack it up. <laughs> We're done. Uh, kidding, of course. Here's what we think is the big news of the day. Let's start with the quick hits. The autonomous trucking company Embark Trucks plans to cut 70% of its staff and shut down two offices. CEO Alex Rodriguez informed employees remaining staff will focus on winding down the operation, saying, quote, we have been unable to identify a path forward for the business in its current form. Man, I thought I thought autonomous trucks were going to be the safe bet. So weird. Uh, here's some chat GPT news that you're not seeing everywhere. Salesforce released Einstein GPT, an open AI powered tool to help generate sales emails, answer customer questions and create marketing content. These are the kinds of tools that are really going to be used from OpenAI. Company also announced an invite-only beta for a ChatGPT Slack bot, which can be used to summarize channel or thread content, as well as as a general research tool. The makers of the Remarkable 2 e-ink tablet announced a new $199 type folio accessory. It offers full-size letter keys, offers two screen positions, connects over the Remarkable's magnetic accessory port, and comes in ink black or sepia brown colors. Now, if you're like me and you love the Remarkable 2 for many reasons, but you don't actually do a ton of daily sketching or freeform annotating, this is a... Fairly pricey, but welcome add-on. Yeah, no, that's good. Good to know. TikTok announced a new monetization feature called Series, which lets a creator post content behind a paywall. While TikTok gets more like YouTube, Facebook wants to be more like TikTok. Facebook has been pitching itself as a discovery platform of late, rather than a way to keep in touch with friends and family, even though almost everybody who uses it uses it primarily for the latter. So further to keep you on the platform, Facebook is testing the idea of getting messenger messages 
while you are in Facebook instead of having to go to the separate app. Now, if that sounds familiar, it's because you could do that until 2016 when Facebook broke Messenger out entirely. Facebook head Tom Allison wrote on a blog post that, quote, over the coming year, we'll build more ways to integrate messaging features in Facebook. I mean, call me crazy, but I can view messages within Facebook. I can't view Facebook within messages. So so there's that. But anyway, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Sonos announced two new speakers. We have the $250 Era 100 designed to replace the Sonos One speaker, has two tweeters to output stereo channels and a 25% larger subwoofer. The 450 Era 300 supports spatial audio and can also be paired with a Sonos soundbar as rear surround speakers. Both support Bluetooth, USB li- USB-C line-in, and support true play tuning for room-optimized audio. The company also said that its customers will get access to Apple Music's spatial audio starting on March 28th. And that are the quick hits. All right, so Medium opened up its Mastodon instance to all paying Medium community members. So uh, if you if you are one, you know that it costs you $5 a month. If you want to pay for a year, it's $50. Um, but uh, you can also access a lot of Medium. There just is a subscription option that gives you some other stuff. Medium subscription service removes ads lets you read article uh, articles offline, and now lets you join me.dm. That is the Mastodon instance. Signing up is really easy. If you're already a paying member, you know, you have access. It can copy over your profile from your Medium account. And as a user, you also receive a hand-picked user recommendation, and Medium's trust and safety team will, they say, handle moderation on the instance. Well, yeah, they'll handle it. <laughs> we'll see how well they handle it. I don't know. They, yeah. They'll probably handle it just fine. But but yeah, uh, this all brings up an interesting point. Mastodon can work in a way that centralized platforms like Twitter and Facebook cannot. Uh, Mastodon can just be an add-on to another service that still interoperates with other Mastodon instances. Uh <laughs> Instead of a centralized platform for advertisers, it's possible that Mastodon or even Blue Sky, which works the same way, could succeed by getting subscription services to adopt it as a perk. Facebook would never let you do that. They want to lock you in. They want you to put messengers inside of Facebook again to, to keep you there. Mastodon doesn't care. Mastodon's just an open platform. You can add it on as a perk if you want, Medium or anyone else. Nicole, does this get your wheels turning? Uh, yeah, full confession. I kind of already do this. Um, uh, so XOXO is a, a conference that, well, it's, it's kind of defunct now, but for a while it was this annual uh, conference about internet and culture. And they have their own medium, me, I'm sorry, medium, they, they own Mastodon instance too. And you can only join the Mastodon instance for this xoxo.zone if you were an attendee of this conference like you can only mm. do that and yeah. um you know i had to pay to join this conference so i guess that's paid to join it's a yeah and uh so the benefit for me is that it's for example um i'm the only nicole on that instance that's a benefit for me personally sure. um so i think the similar thing for like for medium members i'm sure like you're, you're the only I don't know, Tom. You're the only Sarah for this. You know, instance. That, that could that could be a benefit for you if you think of it that way. Um, and it's a smaller instance. You would think there'll be more personalized service. I mean, I don't know, right? And also, like I think, um, very um, in that same article, in that same article that um, this was cited in, 
uh, in the in the Verge article, I mean, um, John Gruber mentioned that the benefit of this is that you know the money that you're paying is going directly to supporting this instance, right? Because a lot of Mastodon instances, even though they're free, like they shouldn't be free, right? It should, I mean, you should want to donate to that instance admin to keep that instance going. But if it's free, a lot of people probably won't. Well, and the whole free thing is like, I mean, you know, I'm I'm always like, great, free. I love yeah. free. But it also yeah. means no one's really beholden to me yeah. to change, you know, whatever they would like to change because it's yeah. like, bull, I mean, you're just hanging out here. <laughs> you know, as, as right. a, you know, a person who's enjoying a free service, like you didn't pay for something. We didn't promise you anything and we can change it on a dime. When I first saw... Um, uh, the details of the story, you know, my mind immediately went to like, huh, that's interesting. So Medium was born out of, uh, um, it, you know, it, it, it's it's been around for, for some time, but Evan Williams and Biz Stone, two Twitter co-founders, co-founded Medium. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, no, you know, they were, t- they were disparate companies, sure. But I always got the sense that, you know, everybody was kind of, you know, there may be some shared board seats and people were playing nicely with each other. Um, this, it does, maybe there's no drama involved. Maybe there is, hard to say. But for a medium to say, this is what we're going to do and we're going to do it on Mastodon is a little interesting to me. I think, you know, the the more interesting thing is if you already pay for medium, there's nothing that you lose by at least seeing what's going on in the conversation on Mastodon's, or I'm sorry, on Medium's Mastodon server. You might not like it. It might not be the place for you, but it doesn't, it, it, it seems like a pretty cool perk because you're not paying more to have that access. Right. Yeah, there's been some big questions about Mastodon's success. One is, can it reach scale? to where people enough people are using it that it gets that momentum that keeps it being used because there's enough interesting people on it. Uh, and another is, how do we pay for the infrastructure? And we touched on that just now when we're talking about, well, if it's a volunteer-run Mastodon who doesn't want to take ads, which most of them do not, uh, then they're relying on you uh, out of the you know generousness of your heart, donating to PayPal or Patreon or something like that, or they have to put up a paywall. Well, while everybody is reporting this as medium makes you pay to use their Mastodon server, it's more complex than that. It's more nuanced than that. They're saying you get a free Mastodon server if you're a medium subscriber. They're not yeah. raising the price. They're not taking yeah. away any of the other perks. They're adding a perk. And they're yeah. say- And with Mastodon, you're not locked in. Uh, if you don't realize it with Mastodon, if you decide to change servers... You can take your identity and your followers and your data with you to your new server. So even if you sign up on Mastodon with Medium and then you're like, you know what? I don't want to pay for the Medium subscription anymore. You're not totally locked in. It's not super easy, but it's pretty easy. Uh, and, and so if you, you want to do it, you yeah, can, do you can it. move to it. I've done it. I've yeah. moved Mastodon servers, uh, an account on Mastodon servers before. It's not that hard. So you're not totally locked in by paying Medium to get on their Mastodon server. I, I mean, what if Apple does this what if what if bigger companies than medium decide you know what Let, let's make this part of our subscription service apple one now has an apple mastodon server uh i'm not saying i see apple doing that but 
I could see a larger company doing something like this. It just seems like, uh, especially because Medium uh, is built on people writing and sharing and, you know, being social about a little, not necessarily like super long form stuff, but um, people who are willing to engage, um, you know, and comment on others' posts and follow each other. It's, you know, Medium has been doing this for a while pretty successfully to just see, hey, how does the community link up with each other on something like Mastodon? You know, maybe Medium would say like, eh, that was a fun experiment. Let's go to Discord, which it could do. Um, you know, or there are a variety of other ways that you could have people uh, kind of interact with each other in a little bit of more of a text short form way than what a Medium post might be as much as we know them to be today. I think this is a great idea. You know, they they might say, eh, well, fun experiment. But like, you, what did you lose? Nothing. You just yeah. knew you know, of your community that you, is already paying for the service that you provide what they were interested in also getting as a perk. Sabine 1001 in our chat room says, uh, in my opinion, it's just not a good perk. Plenty of good open Mastodon servers to use. It, it, this is not a perk for you, but it's a perk for others. There's a lot of people right. who are like, yeah, I don't want to try to find a good open Mastodon server to use. I don't want to try to decide which one to trust and which one to sign up for. So what Medium is doing is making it easy for those people, if they're mm-hmm. already in the Medium community, to sign up. And I think that's something others besides Medium could also do. And it won't be a perk for people like Sabine1001. I don't dispute that. But it will yeah. be a perk for others because it will that- make that onboarding process really easy. I think it's also important to remember that Medium, you know, I have a Medium account. I post something every so often. It's basically a blog post that I'm just not putting on mm-hmm. my own website. You can use it that way. Yeah. But there's a lot of, it's almost Tumblr-esque in a way. You know, a lot of people posting a lot, following each other, mm-hmm. commenting. There, There is a pretty strong Medium community. And I think that what mm-hmm. that company wants to see replicated on Mastodon in a way that, you know, is yet to be seen. All right, let's take a look at this CounterPoint research uh, report. Uh, They released the best-selling phones of 2022, and for the first time, one brand has eight of the ten top spots. It's Apple. Samsung took the other two. iPhone 13 was the best-selling phone of the year, topping the charts in China, France, Germany, the UK, and the US, and therefore globally. Uh, The 14 Pro Max was the top-selling iPhone 14, not the iPhone 14, the Max, uh, coming in at third behind the 13 Pro Max. The iPhone Mm -hmm. SE took ninth, thanks to strong sales in Japan. If you're wondering about Samsung, their two slots were the Galaxy A13 at fourth and the A03 at tenth. Uh, And those were the only two LTE phones in the top 10. Now, the prevailing wisdom over the past few years has been that Apple is for the elites and Android is for the rest of us. Nicole, looking at these numbers, do you think that's still true? (laughs) I think the iPhone has just been around for so long. Like, it's it's frankly ubiquitous at this point. And I think, you know, you're right in the sense of, oh, it's it's for the elites. And I think part of the the reason why people think that is because of the price point. It is more expensive, um, especially in... Um, other countries that are not here where, you know, you tend to buy the phone like wholesale retail instead of being subsidized by subscription prices. Um, uh, But I think that's just the mainstay. That's just the, 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 that that just shows you the power of the brand and the power of just being around for so long, having that trusted name brand. Samsung's been around longer in the phone space though. Like why, why Apple? Why the iPhone? I think in terms of smartphones, I think, well, for Samsung, I think, I think there could be a little bit of 
a, a division or like a like a like a <laughs> like a division there because I know for um, my mom, she doesn't want a flip phone. She doesn't want a flip or mm-hmm, a fold mm-hmm. or anything fancy. She just wants like a phone. She just wants a regular phone. And uh, I think she, in her brain, like Samsung is like the weird flip fold, <laughs> the flippy foldy. Which is um, funny because it's like, it's, <laughs> I mean, it is if you want to pay for it. Yeah. You but, know, and, and it is if you look adopter. at the advertisements too, right? Yeah. That's how yeah. 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 That's how they're marketing it. Yeah. I, I think also we underestimate how many people say, well, I, I like Android. Android's way better. It's got a task manager. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it has a ability for me to control my information. But as soon as someone in their family who's not as tech savvy as them wants to buy a phone, I've heard so many people be like, you know, I'm just going to get them an iPhone because, I do, because yeah. I'm going to have to do the tech support and the tech support right. is going to be easier if I get yeah. them an iPhone. I wonder <laughs> how much that is that multiplier effect leading to, to iPhone showing up on the charts so much. Well, you know, as somebody who last, uh, I guess it was about summer of 2022, I um, I needed a new iPhone. My iPhone was very long in the tooth. I had a 10X, uh, 10S Max. And so I got the 13 because I knew the 14 was going to be out in a couple months, but I could not wait. Um, so I didn't get a discount on it. However... I think a lot of the sales um, in the you know the the second to latter part of 2022 had to do with some discounts depending on what market you're in, um, and depending on what phone made the most sense for you. You know, I always go Pro Max um, because why not? Um, but I also don't buy a new phone every year. Yeah, because um, that's just well, <laughs> I'm everybody, not working everybody on that looks kind of at cycle. the price of the. Top most expensive iPhone, but if you look at the SE, yeah. if you look at the iPhone 12, which they still sell sold last year, quite a few. Those are in those fact. are you know starting to get down towards mid range uh, mid range price levels. The only thing they don't have are what Samsung hit, which is those those entry level phones, those A series yeah. phones. I, Apple doesn't have yeah. something like that, at least not yet. I wonder also it's about about refurbished sales and like used sales or like the phones that are gently used and that they're being sold in the secondary market and whether that's part of the equation or not. Because I'm sure that's part of it, especially in other countries where they don't sell them at an Apple store. They sell them at a you know, third-party retailer. I know, for example, like in, in, in Malaysia, there aren't that many Apple stores, but there are tons of re- resellers. And I'm, I have to imagine that's part of the equation here. Yeah. And and I think uh, CPOTS50 in our chat room has it right. Uh, if you really want to be off the hook with tech support with your relatives, uh, just tell them you have Android and that you don't know anything about Apple and can't help them. And then that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll try to help. But like the last two iPhones, I yeah. screwed up really I have bad. Android. Uncle can't help you. Bob. Sorry. Yeah. Smart move. Seapots. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, folks. Uh, what do you want to hear us talk about on the show? One way to let us know is in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Go do it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. 
With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The National Football League will play a game the day after Thanksgiving this year for the first time, and it will be broadcast on Amazon Prime Video for free. Amazon's going to not make you have a Prime subscription if you want to watch that Friday game, but you will need the Prime Video app, of course, which means more people are going to be buying streaming boxes and confronting the disappointments therein. Yeah, so David Pierce wrote an article for The Verge titled, All the streaming boxes suck now. There are no good streaming boxes, and I blame everybody. (laughs) David, tell you how you really feel. Now, he asserts that streaming boxes are just cheap hosts for apps. They're not fulfilling any of the promises of what streaming boxes could and should have been. You can't turn on a box, for example, and say the name of what you want to watch. This is true. David, I'm with you on this one. The tech is there, but it doesn't often work. He sums it up as... The state of the set-top box world is like the industry agreed software is king and then immediately threw the iPhones, the Galaxies, the Pixels out of the market, leaving us to choose among TrackPhone, Blue, Motorola, and nothing else. (laughs) But you might say, okay, well, how did we get here? Yeah, yeah, that's a a searing metaphor. Uh, One culprit Pierce identified is the streaming services themselves. They only want you to use them. They live in this fiction where you only subscribe to one. And so they keep their data away from the platforms. And they try to get you to subscribe to services from within them if they can. Apple TV Plus lets you add on. Paramount Plus lets you add on. Amazon, of course, lets you add on. And then the platforms themselves also have conflicts like their own streaming services, their own advertising preferences. Roku is an ad company now. Uh, Retail, when you're talking about Amazon and Apple and more. He points out that TiVo and Slingbox were more powerful hardware in their day than what we have now. Uh, He does give partial credit to Apple TV and NVIDIA Shield for getting the closest to sort of the ideal modern streaming box, but even those have shortcomings, some of which they can't overcome because if you can't get the data of what's on Netflix, you can't easily tell people what's on Netflix. So do we think David Pierce is right? David Pierce has been around this business for a long time, super smart guy, but do we want the Samsung Galaxy S23 of TV streaming boxes or are we fine with cheap streaming dongles and built-in TV operating systems? Are those really our best choice? Hmm. Nicole, want to take this one? <laughs> 
And I was, so, I, so I read this, so I read this article and I was thinking about it and he was going on about how, man, the, the streaming boxes are terrible these days. There's, there's nowhere even close. And in my, my gut reaction was like, oh, they're not that bad. I mean, they're like not great, but they're not as bad as all that. And as I was thinking really more about this and how hard is this? So another uh, uh, anecdote is that the other day, uh, so the big, the big Oscar movies, everything, everywhere, all at once. We all know this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you watch this? See, if you go over, you're like, I want to watch this movie. And then, so you're like, I don't know idea what streaming service is on. I don't know where to watch it. Can you rent it? I don't know. And the fact that I even, I even have to ask this question is kind of an issue, right? I have to like, I have to like Google it. Oh, it's on Paramount Plus. Oh, okay. I have to like subscribe to this service to watch yeah. this movie. Or I could buy it on Amazon or iTunes or something. And uh, I understand it. I get it. But I also, so I don't know. I feel like there is definitely a discrepancy. And that the, the issue right now is that there are so many shows and there are so many movies and there are so many TV shows that it's hard to tell someone, oh, I want to watch this really popular TV show that's being nominated. But for it all shouldn't be. We have Stockholm Syndrome. We're, 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 <laughs> we're sympathizing with our captors here. Like, no, I know, no, I know. there's too many things. We, you should be able to just go to a Roku or an Apple TV yeah. or a Fire TV and say, I want to watch everything everywhere all at once and have yeah. it immediately go, great, it's available on Paramount Plus or you can yeah. rent it for $2.99. Which would you like to do? And that's just not the way it works most of the time. Now, I will, uh, you know, as a Plex uh, empathizer, I won't say sympathizer because it's great. Um, (laughs) Plex does this really well. Now, whether you're running your own Plex server or not, you might have, you know, been uh, invited to join someone else's Plex server. And Plex will sort of be like, well, this server doesn't have what you're talking about. However, here are the other options that Mm -hmm. you have if you want to go ahead and, yeah, like, like bounce out to you know HBO Max or you know this is this is a Paramount show or whatever because I never know I don't know anymore unless I'm like you Nicole where I'm like Google where can I watch this show <laughs> where right. can I watch this movie like I don't know just tell me you know I'll pay I want to I want it right now yeah. um, and I think I think you're both right you know the the fact that Tom you're saying this should be so much easier super true yeah um, and Nicole saying eh, is it that bad. I also agree. Not that bad. There are, there are precious few times that, well, okay, so the MMA fight the other night was a great example of this where I was like, oh, it's like a pay-per-view thing on ESPN+, Plus, which I don't subscribe to, but like, is there another, like, do I get it another way? Other people I know wanted to watch the fight. It wasn't really anything I cared about, but, you know, it was going to be, you know, sort of a live event. I wanted to participate. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to figure out, like, how to get it, and I, and I eventually well, the, the went to like thing- some weird YouTube stream that was like clearly illegal because I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> well, and you don't you don't know what the right path is, right? When you want to find something yeah. on the internet in your browser, you go to a search engine. You you might not go to Google, yeah. you might go to DuckDuckGo, but you go to a search engine. You know what to do. We yeah. don't have that pattern with with streaming boxes because if you search. It may tell you it's not available when it is. So you never trust that. You can go to just watch on your phone and it'll, 90% of the time it'll tell you what's there. But it's updated manually because nobody shares their data. So sometimes they're a little behind. And I've, I've run into things where I'm like, oh, I know this is available somewhere and it's telling me it's not. Uh, yeah. So 
we don't even have a standard. We do. We don't even have something where like, oh, well, this should work. So everybody has a different method of starting. I was trying to watch the Blues Penguins game at Justin Robert Young's house uh, two weekends ago with his brother. And we didn't know. We're like, should we just search? Is it on ESPN Plus? Should we go to the, the, the Sling TV? Like, there's just no starting point for people. And I think that's that's a problem. Well, and the companies that make the set-top boxes also have different goals in mind, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, you've got Apple, you've got Amazon, you've got Mm -hmm. Roku. You know, these companies all make money in different ways. So if if you're familiar with one platform and you go to another, I mean, sure, maybe your experience will be fine. But often you're like, wait, what? I don't even, you know, this is like totally different and I don't know why. Yeah, and like to your point as well, and and the the David Pierce mentioned this in his article too. Is like these set a lot of these set top boxes also have their own services. Like Roku has a channel, yeah, right. Amazon has its own Prime Video, and they're going they're gonna favor those services on their set top boxes. Like it's right up there in like the the big welcome page. Subscribe to Amazon, like it's right there. Yeah, so. I I think the most damning evidence is he pointed out that the NVIDIA Shield TV is probably the best set-top box you can buy. It's good, powerful hardware, uh, neutrally designed interface to just try to get you to the stuff you want to watch based on Android. So it's got all the apps. And he's like, and even they don't talk about it. They don't want the NVIDIA themselves rarely talks about their own set top box. Because I almost never they, hear yeah. of the NVIDIA issue outside of tech circles. So. Well, if only we could just escape all this to the moon, Sarah. Oh, Tom, I've got good news for you, potentially. Uh, there's a cloud computing startup called Lone Star Data Holdings based out of Florida, which announced it raised $5 million, <coughs> pardon me, in seed funding to store data on the moon. Now, we don't always cover uh, companies getting money, but this one's kind of interesting. So the series of lunar, lunar data centers that Lone Star wants to establish would also would be not only storage, but also a platform for edge processing, which reduces latency, improves bandwidths on the moon's surface. Now, you might say, okay, well, how many people would make use of it? Probably more than you think. Data centers on Earth consume a lot of energy. We all know this. They contribute to carbon emissions. So the idea is that building more of those on the moon instead of more on Earth would help with not making Earth, you know, sicker and offer a secure way to to, to store the data. So it's not just about, you know, uh, carbon emissions. It's about being better about where the data is stored. Now, back in December of 2021, Lone Star had success testing its data center on board the International Space Station. The next mission will launch a small, really small, two-pound, 16-terabyte data center box to the moon later this year as part of an initiative, Intuitive, rather, Machines' second lunar mission. Intuitive Machines uh, is receiving funding from NASA's Commercial Lunar Payload Services Program as part of the Artemis program. So it will initially be offered to companies for remote data storage and disaster recovery. But in the future, we'll add infrastructure to commercial and private moon ventures, both of which are ramping up on Mars, are (laughs) ramping up on the moon, (laughs) and Mars soon beyond. Eventually, someday. yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is fascinating uh, because it is a, a risky idea it, because it may not work and you certainly can't send a team to fix it if it breaks. But it is 
a way to get people to be like, hey, if, if you need archival storage that is very secure, nobody's going to attack your data center. This, this, this is it. And if they can build that business, then they will have a storage and data center business ready for orbital you know, businesses that come on SpaceX and other low-cost operators that are going to happen over the next 20 to 40 years. So it's a long-term bet. It's a little bit of a risky bet. It's an interesting bet. The only thing that bothers me is that it's called Lone Star and it's in Florida. I still can't. That still gives me dissonance. But oh well, you know you have to think of the moon as the Lone Star, I suppose. Yeah, but that yeah. doesn't really make sense either. You know, um, th- th- thinking ahead here a little bit because this story, you know, I, I was like, ah, I'm really into this. Um, unless you feel like you know, <laughs> emissions on on the moon are no better than emissions on Earth. But what is like? the next sort of uh, secondary market of this, you know, like what is the company that will go and fix the data centers that Lone Star Mm -hmm. has successfully deployed on the moon, but now says like, oh, now something's wrong. You know, the cold storage unit needs to be upgraded and we can't send anybody up in the next week. Then you got robots up there saying, "We'll do it." Yeah, yeah, you could you could definitely uh, do uh, some some chat GPT in a robotic box <laughs> to, to go do some troubleshooting. I mean, I'm ha- only half joking. Like something like no, like that is likely like, I'm to not be, joking at all. Be the situation, yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, thanks to everybody who sends in great stories like this. Uh, if you if you ever have something that you say, you know, the DTNS team would love this, you know, whether it's moon-oriented or not, do send it our way. Feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com is where to send that email. Thanks to you, Nicole Lee, for being with us today. Um, we know you're a busy bee, so let folks know where they can keep up with you. Yeah, you can just go to my link tree. I think it's link link. Linktr.ee slash Nicole Nerd, and it's all on there. Perfect. And you're at Nicole on Twitter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, (laughs) early adopters. It's a blessing (laughs) and a curse. (laughs) Also, also thanks to our brand new bosses, Nicholas and Super Simple Dev. They just started backing us on Patreon since we had our show last. Thank you, Nicholas, and thank you, Super Simple Dev. Yes, they joined the pantheon of patrons uh, who get access to the Discord. They Some of them get the editor's desk, uh, which is an exclusive audio recording that I make every week just for patrons. And Nicholas and Super Simple Dev can stick around for the extended show, Good Day Internet. We're going to talk about those TikTok filters like Bold Glamour that make you look young and why TikTok is being a little hush-hush and maybe a little sus-sus about how they work (laughs) but just a reminder dtns is live and you can catch the show live monday through friday at 4 p.m eastern 2100 utc find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live and we'll be back at it tomorrow with scott johnson joining us talk to you then this show is part of the frog pants network get more at frogpants.com Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.